0: I'm Kristen Elizabeth and welcome to the Evolving Mama podcast. This show holds space for you as we begin to uncover who we really are on our path to awakening. We are here to guide you back into your power and to discover your purpose in this lifetime. You will be inspired to reconnect to your higher self and tap into mind, body, and soul to find clarity, confidence, and joy. Join me and inspiring guests as we share evolution through career, motherhood, spirituality, manifestation, and co-creating the life of our dreams. My intention is that these expansive conversations act as a mirror where you begin to see a reflection of who you are and who you want to become. Now, together, we expand. Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to episode 13 of the Evolving Mama podcast. It is such a beautiful day here in the Chicagoland area. The skies are so blue. It's kind of like that time in the sky when we're transitioning from summer to fall, where the sky just gets so crisp. But the beauty right now is that it's still warm enough to kind of be in short sleeves and be comfortable. We are on the cusp of a holiday weekend, so moving into Labor Day weekend, which is really exciting. I'm going to get a lot of quality time with my family, and we're going to head out for a beach day this weekend. So I'm really looking forward to that. We also had a super blue moon last night, I slept like a baby, but at night I did a little bit of a ritual. So I lit uh, a candle and had a bunch of my crystals out and journaled on things that I was releasing and things that I'm calling in. So this is really special. There won't be another one of these until I believe 2037. So (laughs) really wanted to take advantage of the energy of that. So this is episode 13, and I was kind of curious. I felt called. I'm like, what is, what's relevant to the number 13? And while it can seem a bit morbid, I guess it's a little bit about death. It's more about the rebirth into something new, which actually made a lot of sense when I started thinking about what we were going to talk about today. So I typically want to keep things pretty positive here in this space. I want to inspire you, uh, but I also am here to help you expand, and sometimes expansion doesn't always feel really good. Uh, You know, there are dark nights of the soul, if you're familiar with that term, right, where You go through this expansive process and you come out into a beautiful and light space, but kind of working through that can be a little dark. So there will be a bit of an undertone here in this conversation that might not be pleasant, but it's in the vein of our highest good and helping you move through this victim mindset to step into a better place. So today we are talking about moving beyond that victim mindset to live a life you love, to really overcome adversity and thrive in that space. And I want to, I guess, caveat this in the beginning with a note that This conversation is not meant to diminish anyone's experience. I am going to share what's helped me get mostly to the other side of trauma and negative life experiences. And I say mostly to the other side because it really is a journey to fully step into the space of forgiveness and love And to really overcome traumas and thrive after that. So this is not to pass judgment, but simply share. So that if you have a similar experience or similar themes in your life or similar traumas that we talk about today or that I share from my personal life, you can feel empowered to come out on the other side of it. So I also want to mention that I am going to be sharing some personal stories, right? And so this is really, it is not meant to pass judgment on anyone in my life or what I've experienced. Um, I certainly do not believe that everyone does things intentionally or that things happen intentionally. Sometimes trauma happens and we'll talk a little bit about the different levels of trauma. But I think it's important that I share and be a little bit transparent, even if it is uncomfortable for me to be a little bit vulnerable because it really helps people put themselves in your shoes or Maybe they see somebody else that's stepping into the shoes that they're in and they can find a path out of it. So we are going to start by talking a little bit about victimhood, right? This victim mindset. And I want to start by talking about what the opposite of that is, right? I think we all know what it means to feel like a victim, Or to live in this victim mindset. And the opposite of victimhood, and this can be tough to hear, is accountability. While your circumstances may not be your fault, they are your responsibility. And that doesn't mean that you caused it. It just means that you have the ability to respond to your circumstances and change the outcome. Truly, the biggest gift we can give ourselves is the ability to move through trauma and still find joy and happiness and fulfillment and love and let go of the victim mindset. We all have experienced trauma in our life. And you could have had this victim mindset your entire life. It could be in certain periods or phases in your life. And the trauma that we experience can look different for everyone. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. There is what they call big T and little t trauma kind of exactly what it sounds like, right? Big trauma and little traumas. It doesn't mean that one trauma is worse than the other, right? Because we all experience these things in our own ways, in our own depths. But big T, uh, you know, is is going to be a little bit more of what seemingly is a larger event, while little T's could add up over time. So little traumas could add up, but also be just as significant in the way that they impact you. So for example, little T trauma could be that your parents got divorced when you were young. Or maybe you moved and had to switch schools at a pivotal time in your childhood. Or as an adult, you experienced job loss, where you got laid off or fired. Maybe there was um, you know, some sort of financial issue that you were going through, and there was some you know, small or little t trauma from that. Maybe you've experienced something like infidelity in your relationship or your marriage. So these are things that are still obviously trauma. And can have a huge impact on your life. And then there are big T trauma. So this might look like loss of a family member. You might have lost a parent when you were a young child. Or perhaps you are a parent and you lost a child. You know, there could have been some major accident that was extremely traumatic you could have experienced assault, physical or sexual. So those are kind of examples of the big T traumas. And so what I'm going to do right now is I'm actually going to share a little bit about some of my little T and big T trauma events in my life and uh, this does feel a little bit uncomfortable and maybe I'm oversharing, but I do think there's a lot of value. You, perhaps you're here listening today and and have this perception that, you know, I, I have this podcast and I make it look easy or, you know, I live in a beautiful home or I'm really joyful and happy for the most part. And, you know, I'm financially stable and I have success. But the truth is, is that despite somebody having that, they could still have experienced a lot of trauma in their life. And it's really up to us, right, what we do with that. So as a reminder, you know, these circumstances or these traumas might not have been my fault, but it's my responsibility in how I choose to react or to live or how I choose to really either honor or completely dismiss some of those experiences from my current reality so that I'm not continuing to experience that over and over again, so you know, I'll share some things. Um, when we think about little t trauma, you know, my my parents uh, got divorced when I was one, so I wasn't really aware of that. But my mom did remarry several times, and so I kind of experienced a lot of. <laughs> divorces, right, and loss in that way. I also moved around quite a bit growing up. And so I was put in different schools quite often. I know I was in one school for first grade for half the year, I think, and then another school in a different state for the other half of the year. I went to um, a different high school my sophomore year, which was an incredibly huge shift and change and, you know, moved homes a lot growing up. So those can just be like little T traumas, um, you know, that you can experience in your life. I also will say, you know, just family dynamics, right, of this, this trauma. My family today, for a multitude of of reasons that are you know personal to them, but I have birthed two daughters and have had major surgery and have gone through some pretty big life events, uh, and I really haven't had my mom present for any of that or the you know physical in person support for any of that, and definitely not from my dad. I'll probably touch on that in the big T drama, but you know, those are, those are traumas that we can experience, right? Or those moments of what now you can look back on as sexual assault, uh, but maybe, um, you know, at the time you didn't really look at it that way. And so I look back on some of those experiences and those are certainly uh, traumas for me, right? That help define the way that I look at the world and what my experiences have been like, but they don't I I I choose not to live in victimhood around that, right? And we'll talk about some of the things that I've done to help get past that. When we look at big T trauma, I mean, you know, well, growing up, my biological father was a severe drug addict and when I say severe, I mean he was doing like crack and terrible heroin, terrible drugs. And that was for most of my life. So I think he got sober probably maybe seven or eight years ago and, um, and so well into my uh, early 30s. Uh, my dad was a drug addict. And not only that, just growing up, you know, as a young girl and longing for that father figure, he would, you know, have really small periods of being clean where I would get a letter, a multi-page handwritten letter that would just talk about, you know, him being sorry and how he wants to be there for me and what the future could look like for us. And, um, and then I would never, you know, I wouldn't hear from him again for six months or a year or more. And it that was extremely traumatic. Um, I would call that a a big T trauma, having a father that was a drug addict, because in many ways, it was a consistent death or loss of a parent. And even into my college or university years um, I had some pretty traumatic experiences with him even at that age and if I'm (laughs) I guess really opening up I was in college and all of my friends freshman year were going on spring break and my parents my mom and my stepdad at the time like didn't have money to send me on spring break. And so my dad had lived in Las Vegas at the time and he had been there for several years. And I thought, well, if I can't go to Florida or everyone's going to spring break, like maybe I can just go to Las Vegas and get in the warm weather. And at that time in college, he was still a drug addict and he picked me up from the airport. And our first stop was at one of the drug houses he hung out in. And he just told me he had to make a quick stop, and we pulled in. And he kind of was like, I'll be right back, and jumped out of the car. And as I sat in the car, it definitely was not a good neighborhood. The house in front of me was not, did not look necessarily safe. Um, there were, uh, one, there was one, at least, man outside of the car that was kind of coming up to the car, like peeking in, which scared me. Um, And I was trying to figure out how I was going to jump from the passenger side into the driver's side and take off. But at that time, I had no idea where I was going. Um, So I ended up actually going into the house and telling them I was looking for my dad and his name. And they pointed towards a room with the door closed. I knocked, and he said he'd be right out. And so I went back out to the car, and a few minutes later, he came out, and we took off. And the rest of that trip ended up being very similar um, and extremely traumatic. But I guess I just share that. So you know there are relatable (laughs) traumas that happen to all of us, yet the beautiful thing is how we can look at that differently. We can reframe it. We can let it go. We can be resilient despite experiencing those, right? And as women who look to have a family or grow their family, I am in the camp of having experienced miscarriage as well, right? Which is so incredibly common. And that is also traumatic and can be traumatic. So, I hope that by being extremely vulnerable um, that that helps you in some way, that allows you to really examine what is keeping you in potentially a victim mindset or stuck in your trauma experiences that aren't allowing you to move forward and live the most beautiful life and express your true desires and grow and change your lineage from what you came from to what you want to be and what the future generations that you bring into this world can be. So today I want to share five or so actionable tips or tools that can either help you reframe this or to really move through expansion and live in joy, despite experiencing trauma. So let's talk about ditching the victim mindset. If you're familiar with Louise Hay, she is an incredible author and speaker. I think she passed away in 2017. But she has several books, and one of the books that I'm actually reading right now that she wrote is The Power Is Within You. And in that book, she says, when we stop feeling like victims, we are able to take our power back. When we stop feeling like victims, we are able to take our power back. So let's jump in to these five things that I want to share with you today. The first one is related to what Louise Hay said, which is just purely ditching the victim mindset. This is becoming purely conscious and aware of when you're leaning in to victim behaviors. And those behaviors could look like just repeating what you believe is negative in your life today. It could be rehashing old stories, the same stories, over and over again. It could be living in that trauma over and over and over again despite not being there today. It's the lived experience that's being expressed continually in your cells. So we first just have to become aware that we are living as a victim and we don't want to be a victim anymore. I'm going to give you an example. This might be relatable to some and I hope it's not offensive but you know, becoming a parent and having children, I think a lot of people desire to have that tribe or village that from their family that helps them, right? We all know it's so difficult raising children, and I had this just desire to have this beautiful extended family experience, and my children sleeping over, you know, at their their grandparents' house and just having this full support where, you know, you've got somebody there who's, you know, a parent that's there after you give birth and they're making you meals and they're relieving you for a moment and all of these desires to have this experience, right? But in some ways this is part of my little tea trauma which is you could live in this victim mindset that like well I just have it so tough like I don't have what she's experiencing like her parents take her kids once a month so her and her husband can get an overnight together and reconnect with them with each other and you know and and kind of just continuing to kind of rehash that right you see someone on vacation well I don't have somebody to um, you know, one of my parents can't watch my children so that I can go experience that or even just watching it through your children's eyes, right, where they don't understand it, but it's like, why why aren't we going there? Why aren't we sleeping over? Like, what, you know, asking questions. And so I mentioned in the beginning of this, it's a journey, right, to move out of victimhood. And part of that is becoming consciously aware and ditching the victim mindset. It doesn't do me any good in my life today to continually kind of complain about that situation. I'm just living in victimhood by doing that. And so what I've done is I have found babysitters. And I should, you know, we do have some family um, that that is able to step in in those moments. Um, but I'm just talking about my core immediate experiences so you have to start taking action and responsibility and so part of that for me is finding trusted people that you can lean on budgeting to spend money so that you get that help cherishing the little moments that myself or my kids do get <clears throat> from you know my my family and really throwing the expectations out the window that anything that does happen is just really happy and joyful and can be celebrated as opposed to living in this victim mindset that you know I don't I don't have the same experience as some other people that I know with their family involvement and with that village and all of that that comes with that so how can you begin to ditch the victim mindset. When you find yourself going down a path of like complaining, rehashing old stories, take back your power. As Louise Hay says, stop feeling like the victim, take your power back. So that's step one. Another thing I want to share is allowing Your trauma to fill your dharma. So these little T traumas or big T traumas can really fill your dharma or your purpose in life. It can fuel it. What is the beauty that can come out of that? If you have big T trauma, right, of the loss of a family member or experiencing assault, right? Or whatever that looks like. That might be something that is related to your dharma or your purpose in this life. And what can you do or take on or get creative or curious with that could actually allow you to potentially help people Right? We get so wrapped up. I think I shared a clip of Jade Soul Luna talking about this, but we can get so wrapped up in our own crap, right? Our own trauma, our own victimhood. And the best way to move through that is to actually help other people. And so, how can that become part of your purpose? How can that become part of your dharma? How can that become part of your mission? And we'll talk about this a little bit more, but maybe it's inherently part of your mission here. It's not something that was created. It's actually why you're here. And in some ways, you know, despite any big T or little T trauma that I've experienced, what I'm doing today through the Evolving Mama is purely purpose and passion and dharma. For me, it's taking my experiences and how can I connect with people who are just a few steps behind me or several steps behind me to show them that this is possible and how you can get on the other side of all of these situations and experiences that aren't filling your cup, that aren't making your life joyful. The third one I want to talk about is therapy. And this is not just talk therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, while I do think that there is value and that I want to talk about going beyond talk therapy. And therapy is so important. In fact, it completely changed my life a few times in my life. In fact, I'll talk about the most recent time, which was Just before the pandemic in 2020, I was pregnant with my second daughter and I wanted, I was feeling called to begin therapy and part of it was because my spiritual awakening had begun. I had read The Seat of the Soul and all of this introspective work and experience began to bubble up and I wanted to address a lot of this emotion that was coming up. And so I went on psychology today. And for me, the way that I find people to connect with that are healers or even doctors, doesn't matter. I like to read their words and look at their picture and lean on my intuition to see if that person is aligned with me. And I found the most beautiful soul that I know I was meant to connect with that If I take this conversation even further beyond, I know she was my mother or my grandmother or both in previous lifetimes, and I hope to have her on the podcast. She opened up an entire new world to me, but what I want to say is that it wasn't just talk therapy. She did what is called brain spotting. And brain spotting is a a modality where essentially there is kind of a trauma or a memory uh, that is stored actually in like a very specific part of your brain. And they can be, um, you know, these specific memories or traumas can be associated with a specific area of your brain individually. And so you actually kind of, she holds up a stick with a, a dot on it. And you follow it until you kind of feel where that core memory is or that topic that you want to talk about that's going to take you to the place that you need to dive into. And so it's a really beautiful experience in many ways of changing your brain. You know, there's so much discovery around neural pathways and the ability to actually rewire your brain and things like brain spotting or EMDR, so not the traditional talk therapy, but actual modalities and techniques that are going to help rewire your brain, restructure the way that you habitually think about something or an experience in your life. And so if you have big T trauma or little T trauma, And you haven't explored therapy or if you have explored therapy, but it's only been talk therapy, definitely do some research, find somebody that you connect with and begin exploring brain spotting or EMDR or others as modalities to actually get past the trauma and rewire your brain. Okay, the fourth thing is really all about creating boundaries, physical and mental boundaries, okay? Physical boundaries, right, that you can be triggered based on trauma that you've experienced. And so you might require some physical boundaries or how you like to be touched or, you know, um, and I don't just mean, obviously, sexually. This is meant in just... Uh, a loving way or from strangers or from people that you maybe you're not super close with. And it could go both ways. It could be that you really require very nurturing, uh, loving touch as well. But I think we really think about this uh, more in the way of mental boundaries. So for people who have experienced big T or little t trauma, if that trauma involves somebody that's in your life today, a lot of times that can create some codependency issues. And if you're not familiar with codependency, there are a million different definitions and I I really think there's a spectrum of codependency. So, you know, on one end of the spectrum, codependency could be That you're so invested in somebody else and the way they do things and the way they live their life and the decisions that they make that you want to control them, right? And not in a narcissistic way. It's just that somehow this controlling of them somehow makes you feel better about yourself or a certain way about yourself. And so you can create this codependency on somebody else to actually meet your own needs. There's also another way to look at codependency which is you know if if you have let's say you've always sought approval from you know um, parents or siblings uh you know you could be at the mercy of their reactions or behavior or quite frankly what they're not doing right and so you know for example some you know a a parent or a sibling could say something um, that just puts a, a sink in your stomach. And all of a sudden, you just feel a certain way about yourself. Like they had this ability to take you where you were, you know, at a level 100. And all of a sudden, you know, just picture the temperature gauge just like dropping all the way to the bottom quickly, right? So they have that control or that ability to actually completely change how you feel in your body and how you feel about yourself. You know, another, I think, codependency from traumas when we look at it that way could be, you know, you could be a child that really kind of parented their parent or you were always kind of overly responsible and, um, you know, helped them and knew a lot of their troubles and worries. and, And quite frankly, I can relate to that. So, you know, you could, someone could not call you and you could either think they're mad at you, you've done something wrong, you're in trouble, or you could assume the worst has happened and all of a sudden your heart sinks. And just because it took somebody five more minutes to get to where they were going or they haven't returned home yet, you assume that there has been a complete disaster. And again, that's something else that I can relate to as well, right? So, this happens in my life and becoming aware has helped me move past this to be honest it happened this week I my husband went to go pick up our youngest daughter and I just was like, gosh it seems like they should be back already and I'm like thinking wow, you know maybe I should call him like make sure everything's okay you know and I paused and gave myself a minute and realized well gosh there's you know she can be really slow to exit the area, she can be a little bit difficult to buckle in, right? But my instinct was to think that some disaster happened, that the rug was completely pulled under my feet and that I should expect the worst. Quickly, I pulled myself into the awareness of that and realized, oh, everything's okay. That doesn't need to be my reaction, right? So I say this is a journey because we still go through this. There are pieces of this that creep back in, But I've taken my power back. I didn't call. I told myself that everything is okay, and that you are safe, and that everyone else is okay, and they're safe too. So begin creating boundaries. If there are codependencies in your life, if there are people that you are so triggered by based on your past experience with them or your trauma that involved them, You have to start creating those boundaries, whether they're physical or mental. And sometimes mental boundaries have nothing to do with communicating that to that person either. Right. It has everything to do with what you allow into your mind, into your reactions, into your heart, into, you know, your nervous system. And so begin recognizing and creating those boundaries and cut the cord on those codependencies because nobody outside of yourself should make your emotional or physical reaction or state just completely go bonkers like a pinball machine. You have to take your power back. And the last one I want to talk about is seeking healers. So we talked about therapy. This is a little bit different. This is when you're ready to go deep. Okay. This is when you are listening to my episodes and you're like, yes, I want to connect to my higher self. I want to connect to my soul. I am ready to connect to my light team, my angels, my guides, right? This is where you are ready to do this inner child work. This is when you are curious about your past lives and how those impact what you're experiencing today or how you're reacting in your life today. You know, if you if you get deep into this work, there are a lot of those in this world that will tell you that you come into a body, you know, in the womb they typically say the soul comes in around five months and it can dip in and out. it's kind of dipping its toes into the into the soul. but they say that you know you you kind of choose your parents based on the lessons you want to learn. And I will say that if you have experienced a lot of trauma or difficult lessons in your life, you may be a really old, soul someone who is here to experience the depths of the emotions that are available to humans and to truly experience what's that what that is like and then possibly go back in and allow that to fill your dharma your purpose and what you're here to do in this life And how you're here to impact humanity and the greater consciousness of this planet and this plane. So begin to seek out healers as part of moving out of this victim mindset. Because it really allows you to look outside yourself. To gain perspective. To open yourself up to new possibilities, new whys, new reasons. And really dig deep, move through it, and out of it. So I know this was a bit of a heavy one today. And I, if you're still here listening, I really, I'm glad you're here. Because I know we all have experienced trauma in our life. Whether that is big T trauma or a lot of little T traumas. That all can impact us in extremely heavy ways and we carry that with us. And so I hope that some of these tips and actions and tools and things that you can use will help you on your path to healing and really taking your power back, moving out of victimhood and allowing you to live a beautiful life despite any circumstances or cards that you feel that you have been dealt in this lifetime thank you so much for listening if you feel inclined to share a rating or review on apple podcast spotify stitcher wherever you are listening today your support means the world to me So thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for allowing me to join you here today so that together we can expand.